Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your care upon our lives. Thank you that your arms are far wider than the extent of where we shuffle, we deviate, we walk away. Father Lord, your patience is ever present with us. We appreciate it. We commit our hearts to you and the whole congregation that you would invite us into the mysteries of God, that we would do things with understanding, including paying our tithes. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Wonderful. We thank the Lord. Feeding 527. I believe we have one more week left. I can't believe it has come so quick. I think in the past we did it more for more weeks. This time I think it was just five weeks or so. So um we hardly ever touched, you know, half the book. Tonight I want to teach from chapter 18 how Titus invoke the blessings of alms given. Amen. How Titus invoke the blessings of alms given. Of course, the full title of the book is Why Non-Titan Christians Become Poor and how titan christians can become rich and um, we are covering in this segment of 527 we are covering um, chapters 14 to 20 so today i'm teaching on 18 how titus invoke the blessings of arms given amen when we say arms given we are talking about giving to the poor amen you are talking about stretching out your, your hand to give to the people who do not have. And you will see something running through the Bible. You know, of course, Adam and Eve were not supposed to lack. After the sin in Genesis 3, the Bible said the curse was the ground. And then when they came out, you know, later in, later in Genesis the families of Adam were divided into regions of the world. And the way God ordained things to be changed in that there was not supposed to be a group of people who have like more than they need and then a group of people who cannot even find food to eat. That is not how God designed it. Hallelujah. But of course, the Bible says, you know, when Jesus came, he taught the disciples to pray, you know, the, 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 the Lord's Prayer, our Father who is in heaven, okay, help me. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Why is he calling for the kingdom of God to come? Because the kingdom of mankind had taken over the world. Hallelujah. 
That is why in the visions of Daniel, you know, actually in the dream of the, uh, is it Nebuchadnezzar, one of the kings, Daniel explained, you know, that there are so many kingdoms, one after the other, that are going to come in the world. But in the end, he says that there will be what? One big stone that fills the whole earth is like the kingdom of God. What would the kingdom of God symbolize? The kingdom of God symbolizes the kingdom of peace, prosperity, righteousness, hallelujah. Other images by the prophets, you will hear, it says that the lion will lie down with who? The lamb, hallelujah. Which is a very unusual thing, amen. And so it says in other prophetic scriptures, they would will, they will beat their, um, what do you call it? Their swords into plowshares. Like the weapons of war will be, will be changed to weapons of peace, hallelujah. But until then, until that kingdom comes, God has a way of taking care of the disadvantaged. Amen. Are you there? Until Jesus comes, because we know that Jesus is coming back. Do you believe he's coming back? Is it almost as if the world has forgotten he's coming back? Hallelujah. But here's the deal. Sometimes you have the ultimate something that must happen or that will eventually happen. But until the ultimate happens, there is sometimes what you call temporary measures hallelujah you know and one of the temporary measures of god to take care of the poor and the needy is that those who have who have more than is necessary for life should think about the ones that do not have hallelujah and so one of the reasons why you should pray to be blessed you know to increase financially is so that you will help fulfill god's work amen because you see when the poor person gets fed when the person who is disadvantaged gets, you know, satisfied, they will thank God. So if your contribution and my contribution will help, because, because some people are actually, um, you know, people in that state will be what, angry at God. Hallelujah. One day I was watching a movie. I think it was a movie on Apostle Paul. And um, in the early days of the, early days of the Christian movement, you know, um, after Christ has resurrected and ascended to heaven, but before the coming of the Holy Spirit. You know, how many of you know the story of the lame man that was healed? You know, by the um, gate called Beautiful, right? Okay, so that was after the Holy Spirit had come. So in this movie, you know, of course, it's, it's, it's historical fiction, so they have to fill in some blanks with their own storytelling. Do you get it? So Peter and John were on the way to the temple before the Holy Spirit came and they saw this man called Amos. His name was Amos according to this movie. It's not in the Bible but he was called Amos and he was sitting at the gate called Beautiful and he was begging and when he called for them for money, you know Peter, keep in mind the Holy Spirit had not yet come so you know, here is a group of people trying to witness without the Holy Spirit. So Peter, Peter told him, you know, we, we have Jesus. Do, 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 you, do you want what we have? What the guy needed was money to buy food. And the guy got really upset. And he said, Jesus, Jesus, that fool who was crucified, forgive me, but that is a line in the movie. He said, God took my legs. What else does he want? You see, I'm, I'm, I'm making a point here. Do, do you get it? So, 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 
So people in that state can get bitter. Do you get it? And agitated. And you and I, you see, you and I are supposed to be carriers of God. We are supposed to be, we, we, you and I are actually like the spies that Moses sent to go and spy out the land. Can you explain me why you and I are the spies? In the context of Jesus said, the kingdom come. You and I are the spies. How, why are we the spies? Help me preach somebody. Why are we the spies? Well, let me give you the scenario. In Numbers, you know, when they were on the way to the promised land, they got to a point where Moses sent 12 spies, one from each tribe, to go into the land where they are going to visit. Among whom was Joshua and Caleb and the other 10 whose name we don't remember because they came with a bad report. When you come with a good report, your name will be remembered. Amen. So, so these guys were spies. I mean, here in this context, spies in a good sense. Because in modern day, spies is a bad word. But these were people sent by God. If you are, if you are a spy sent by God, you are, it's, it's a good spy. Hallelujah. So why am I saying that you and I, Christians today, we are like spies that Moses sent? Come back with the good news of Jesus after seeing what? What did the spies go to see? To see the land. So you see, we are spies because we are spies because we get to taste of what others are yet to taste. Because these spies got a glimpse. Of course, they didn't go to live there. I don't know how long they lived there. But at least they had a foretaste. It's like your mom cooking uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Is Thanksgiving nearby? Soon, okay. Thanksgiving dinner and guests are coming. Do you get it? But because you are helping your mom prepare the meal, you get to taste before the food is actually served. That is what you and I are into. You have been called to help God to propagate his coming kingdom. And in the process of propagating the coming kingdom, because we are near to God, we get to participate of what will become commonplace to all. The kingdom of God will become commonplace. When Christ comes, there will be no more madness. There will be no more lawlessness. There will be no more injustice. There will be no more how somebody will collect, uh, 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 what do you call it? You think about it, that a company can file bankruptcy because of all kinds of things and they may even get government bailout. Okay, a bailout from the government and the, the chief executives and the people lose their job. But as they are leaving, they get packages, millions of dollars and the rest of the common people get fired and they get nothing. I mean, think about what type of, what type of system is this? When Christ comes, he's going, to, he's going to what? He's going to make things free and fair. As they say in some countries, free and fair. No cheating. Hallelujah. But until that period comes, okay, he is giving you and I a glimpse of how his kingdom works. And that kingdom, the way it works is that the people who are yet to have a touch of God or a feel of how God looks like, he wants us through our effort, through our giving, okay, make them experience that there is a God somewhere who cares about them. Amen. So this whole chapter is about almsgiving. How Titus invoked the blessings of almsgiving. But you see, what the, what the, what the chapter is saying is that by, through your tithing, okay, through you paying your tithes, you allow the church, okay, you allow the church to be able to give alms. Amen. 
the church is able to give arms to engage in humanitarian and charitable activities that we would otherwise not have the money. Amen. Let's look at this scripture in Malachi 3, I believe verse 10. Malachi 3 and verse 10. If you have it, you can read it for us. Bring all these ties into the storehouse. Is that right? Yes. All right. Amen. Thank you very much. It's a classic verse on Titan. And often we are so quick to jump to the benefit of what we are going to get. What are we going to get? God is going to do what? Pour out what? A blessing. But, but, but there was something the Lord said before the blessing. He said, bring the time into where? God's storehouse. Hallelujah. And then there's a reason why the tithe should come to the storehouse. So that what will happen? There will be meat. There will be provision. There will be food and provision. Hallelujah. And so that's the concept I want to borrow from that verse. That, that the result of church members paying our tithe faithfully. What it does is that it makes the storehouse of God full. Hallelujah. And when the storehouse of God gets full, then we get to pay not only the rent and the electricity and the utilities. But then if there is also a need that somebody has, hallelujah, if there's a need that the, the disadvantaged and the poor have, if there is a project that the church wants to undertake, see, in this church, we don't have uh, any raffles that are, we run to raise money. You know, some churches actually run raffles to raise money, bingo games. Yes. One time I was driving in, a, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and then I saw a church. On the, you know, some of these churches have um, what do you call a signboard that they put notices on. Yeah. So, raffle on a Saturday night, bingo game Tuesday night. Okay? <laughs> That's what they use, do to raise money. Because what's going to happen is that when you go and play the bingo game, 99% of the people are going to lose. Only 1% will win. You get it. So, so all the monies that we all used to play, okay, a few that will win, a fraction will be paid to them, and the rest is kept as income for the church. So that the church can use it to fund its project. So you may laugh at them, but it's also a, a, a way of raising money. Except that our church, we believe in the biblical God-ordained way that the way a storehouse of the, of the Lord is going to be full is by what? People paying tithes. Amen. There's a very small fraction of the church that pays tithes. You, you'll be surprised. Like, I mean, I'm not talking in general. I'm talking about this Columbus of Ohio in this U.S. of A. This is our branch. A very small fraction. Because sometimes when I say the church, I say, oh, some other, no, no, no. Here, here, right here. Very small fraction. Amen. And one of the reasons why we are teaching is so that you see, we, we do things with understanding. Right. That these things are in the Bible. Because otherwise, if you guys keep announcing, oh, try and pay your tithes, people think you are trying to twist their arm, you know. But the reality is that tithing is older than Moses. Did you know that? 
paying of tithes is older than Moses. Like the patriarchs pay tithes. So the, the tithe didn't start. Tithe was mentioned. Well, we are going to find uh, we are going to, we are going to find a scripture. Deuteronomy 14. I think um, you should get a microphone. Somebody should get a microphone. Deuteronomy 14. We are talking about how tithes invoke the blessings of almsgiving. And I'm laying the foundation that when you pay your tithes, you are making money available for the church to engage in almsgiving projects. Amen. Amen. So, Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 27 to verse 29. Can you read it for us? It's even in the book, if you have the book. Dr. Nick. 7 to 29. Deuteronomy 14, 27 to 29. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates. Oh, it's even on, on there. Okay, you, you go ahead and read it. Who is in, within your gates? For he has no part nor inheritance with you. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow who are within your gates, may come and eat and be satisfied, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So, so we are talking about how Titus invoke the blessings of almsgiving. There are blessings for people who give alms. Hallelujah. There are blessings for people who give alms. When you pay tithes, you are indirectly giving alms. And the first, first point here is tithing fulfills God's instruction to support the poor. And therefore, tithes can expect the blessings of those who obey his word. If you support the poor, you are entitled to be blessed. Hallelujah. When you pay your tithes, you are supporting the poor. Now, in this passage that we read, there is two groups of people broadly as the reason why we pay tithes. Okay? The first group is not the subject of this topic, but I think it's worth mentioning. The first group says, do not forget who? The Levite who is in your town. At the end of every third year, you should bring out the tithe, okay? The, the Levite, so, so he's beginning to give reasons why you should pay tithe, okay? The first part addresses the issue of the Levite. The Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance among you. You see, one day were, there were 12 tribes of, um, of Israel, okay? Now, in God's supernatural design, God's own design, he decided to extract the, the, the people that descended from Levi. Levi was the third son of uh, Jacob. Is that not so? Ru- I think it was um, Reuben and um, Simeon and Levi and Judah. Don't ask me to list, list the rest of them, but at least I know the first four. <laughs> Amen. Levi was the third son. And when, when, when um, God was giving instruction how they should apportion the land, well, let me take a step back. Somehow, when Joseph went ahead into Egypt, right, and they, they gave him the, the daughter of the priestess, the priestess of On, <laughs> or the priest of On, they gave Moses his daughter, and he had two sons with him, 
Ephraim and Manasseh. Hallelujah. And so, in, I think in Genesis 49 or so, towards the end of Jacob's life, he when he was getting close to dying, he asked Joseph to bring his sons. Okay? And, I mean, and Joseph brought Ephraim and Manasseh. And Manasseh was the older one. Ephraim was the younger one. And then, when he brought them to him, he decided to pray over them. Jacob proclaiming blessing upon them. And the Bible said Jacob crossed his hand this way. So that, you know, because the blessing often goes to the older one. Is that not so? So, Joseph positioned Manasseh on, on, on um, Jacob's right. Do you get it? So that Jacob's right hand would be on Manasseh's head. And then he positioned Ephraim on, on, on his left. Do you get it? And the Bible said Jacob's eyes were dim. But somehow deep within him, somehow he felt like Ephraim should be there. Should get the, the, the blessing of the older one. So he crossed his hand. And Joseph corrected him. Daddy, no. This is Ephraim. This is he said, no, I know what I'm doing. So he prayed for them. And he said that the older shall serve the younger. The, the younger one will be more senior. But then he also said that Manasseh too will be blessed. Blessed, and then he also made a statement that these two are mine. Okay, he Jacob. These are his grandsons. These are his grandsons. But he basically appropriated Joseph's two sons and incorporated them among the count of the twelve tribes of Israel. So he said that these two are mine, and they shall be numbered among my sons. That is why you don't hear of the tribe of Joseph. Because Joseph produced two tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh. Became. So now if you add it to the, the, the 11 tribes of, uh, of Jacob, they will become 13 tribes. Is that not so? But they are supposed to be 12 tribes. So what God, God decided, look, Levi, his descendants are going to be special to him. Levi's are going to be priests to him. Amen. So when you take Levi out, you still have 12. And these 12 tribes which includes the ten plus the two sons of uh, Joseph, when they were approaching the land, the specific instructions were given where everybody is going to live. Like when they get to the land, to the north, Dan, to the north, Judah, to the this side, it was, it was decided. But he said that Levites, the descendants, the Levites, should not be given land because the Lord is their portion in the land of the living. Amen. Are you following? <laughs> they should not be given land. Their main job is the sanctuary and the holy things of God. Do you get it? I mean, somebody has to sin, Sister Samantha, for them to bring what you call a cow for sacrifice, for you to get meat to eat. You pray about that. (laughs) So if you're a Levite, you are going around, somebody sin today, sin today. (laughs) Amen. That That is the lot of the Levites. Do you get it? And so, and so, but then, but then, each tribe of Israel was supposed to donate some of their land so that the Levites were spread. Unlike the, the other tribe that they had, all had particular portions, the Levites were spread, you know, a, across. But so, amongst the, each group, the Levites were dwelling there. But in essence, it was like they, they are living there, they are being taken care of by the people. Hallelujah. So, so today, you know, in the, in the sense of ministry, okay, in the sense of ministry, the Levites are like the full-time ministers. Do you get it? 
people who have given their life, they don't have a secular job, they don't have any other thing. The only thing they do is, and so, and so, just as in the days of Moses, how are the Levites going to eat? Amen. I mean, meanwhile, Moses is preaching, stop sinning. Deuteronomy 28, if you sin, bad things will happen to you. So that people are going to stop sinning. So how are, are they going to have uh, something to eat? Unless the people pay tithes. Do you get it? So that your, the payment of tithes by church members is supposed to help the people whose main mission or, or livelihood in life is based on God. Hallelujah. The Lord said, he, 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 I mean, they are his inheritance. But at the end of the day, Sister Samantha, you cannot eat God. Amen. God, you, you, God has to use other people to provide for you. Amen. So that's the reality. That's the reality. That, that, the other day, Bishop Adi was here the other day. Was he here or somewhere? He said, Look, I am not shy to tell you that everything from my head to my toe is from your offerings and your tithes, including my underwear, he said. Amen. Because, because you see, if you are shy about it, that's why. Like many people cannot go full time because sometimes, even if you are driving a car, people are talking about it. Hey, these pastors. I mean, (laughs) Bishop Adi, he was a top notch scholar. The guy's hell. If it wasn't for ministry, he would be doing very well. He used to work for VRE. But now that he has come to ministry, even even he has to watch what type of car he drives. Otherwise, people will talk. Do you get it? But at the end of the day, the payment of the tithes takes care of the Levites. So when you are paying your tithe, you have to watch it. Because if you don't pay it, who is going to take care of the Levites? Hallelujah. But actually, I've gone way too far into the Levite part. The second part is what we are talking about. He, he, God made a list. People, the reasons why you should pay tithe, the tithe is taking care of the Levite. Then he also said it will take care of who? The orphans, the aliens, and the widow. Let me just make a comment. If you read the scriptures very carefully, aliens, foreigners, strangers, whatever you may call it, God had a heart for them. Okay? We cannot, we cannot say we read the word of God and we are believers if we mistreat people who are strange among us. Hallelujah. And we cannot say that we represent the people of God if we all always I mean, find a reason to make the, the, the stranger and the alien's life miserable. Hallelujah. I mean, if you look at it carefully, the people that aliens, orphans, and widows, God was so particular. And, and, and in general, this, this, is the, this is like a code name for the poor, okay? Because the way the economy, the economy was, it was mostly a woman's... Uh, Economic livelihood was attached to the man. Inheritance was purely based on men. That is why Ruth, they had to, they had to you know, eventually through marriage to Boaz is how they were able to get their inheritance. So that if somebody's husband dies, sometimes it's like that's the end of them. Amen. Now, so, so it's an alien widow and orphan, but for all intents and purposes, we are talking about the poor. Okay, and God's care for the poor was so strong and so important to him that he even made provision that when you are harvesting your crops, when you are harvesting your crops, you must, you should shed that leave some there 
leave, you should deliberately leave some of the crops on the what don't harvest everything. If it is corn, deliberately left some drop on the floor. Why? Because the poor will come later and glean. Because the poor don't have land. Hallelujah. They don't have the means of production. They don't have land. Do you get it? So if you read very carefully, you see God's heart towards the poor. Okay. He even gave instructions that don't lend at high interest to, you know, to, 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 to steal from the poor. And that's why they even instituted the law of Jubilee. Whereby if somebody is poor and they borrow from you, and, the, the, and you are not sure whether they can pay, and you take something as collateral, let's say a land or something for their family, but the, if they are not able to pay the loan and you keep it, the 50th year you have to return it. You can only keep it for the, so that if they are dead, their children get to get it back. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's like God provided for the poor in other ways. Because until Christ comes and establishes the kingdom, God knows the reality of our world. The injustice there, it cannot be overturned in one day. So that he has to use other alikizai means, different indirect ways to make sure the poor are taken care of. Hallelujah. And so leaving, leaving um, crops on the farm is one means. Another one is directly asking the people, bring your tithes. Hallelujah. Pay your, be faithful in paying your tithes. Because you see, you may not know, this church is involved in many, many humanitarian projects. Many of which is only recently Bishop has been talking about it. Hallelujah. Bishop, I think it was Sierra Leone or Liberia, one of the West African countries where they went for healing Jesus crusade and he went, he, he, he visited a prison, is it Liberia? A prison and discovered that the probable condition of the prison was, he said that the people were living less than human beings. The conditions that the people were living in it's like they are not humans. They don't have a place, uh, uh, what do you call it? They don't have a restroom. They don't have many, many basics they don't have. He's not from Liberia. But you see, if you are human, if only you have a heart, other people's plans will touch you. But you see, having a sympathy towards a situation is not the same as helping somebody. Oh, oh, sorry. Then you walk away. So Bishop determined that, look, this prison, we have to renovate it for them. Where is that money going to come from? It's, it's going to come from us. It's going to come from you and I. And with offerings, eh, offering is like, you know, uh, occasional something that people do. It's like an extra gift. The tithe is required of us. The offering is on top of the tithe. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, and so, and so, if we want to rely on offerings to fund things, it's, it's a very, it's not a steady way of income. Hallelujah. The steady way of income is that, okay, you collect, what, 50000 a year. Every month you collect a certain amount. Pay 10% to the Lord. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is already something that God is, is asking us anyway. Well, you, you know, I see, I saw... I saw somebody raising money, you know, on the uh, TV, um, you know, homeless shelter, something, something. And I, instead of paying my tithe, I'm giving them my money. You don't know these people. Do you get it? I'm not saying don't give your money anywhere else. But what I'm saying is that you haven't paid your tithe. 
And then somebody you don't know, you don't even know where their corporate offices uh, reside. You don't know how much corporate overhead they pay. Some of these organizations that are raising money, sometimes auditors find out. And I mean, if you watch TV, sometimes um, they even bring out um, uh, investigatory uh, uh, journalists, bring out that some of them actually collect the money and pocket most of it. Yes. A lot of it may be going towards, may be going towards uh, uh, the executive salaries. So that, that this charitable organization that you are sending your money to, instead of paying your tithe, you are sending your money to them. Say so they are helping orphans in uh, uh, Ethiopia. For the where? They, 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 it's, it's like they, they, it's like some a group of uh, a group of uh, what do you call it Ethiopians that you see a picture a picture a, a, a choir of Ethiopians singing and it touches your heart so they are wearing tattered clothes and instead of paying your tithe to the church where you are fed where you know the people Amen look the people the Bible said know them that work among you the people that we are following we we, we know them. Okay, I know Apostle Joel. I know um, Reverend Osei. I know Reverend Lindsay. I know Bishop Dark. These guys, they they try to bargain to the barest minimum when we are buying something for the church. Amen. And so I need you to understand that, like the other day, Bishop was talking about uh, these amputated people and people who don't have a leg. Do you get it? He was he was. Um, I think was it India? I think he's ordering, he's he's ordering um, what do they call these things? Prosthetic uh, things. He's ordering. These things are not cheap. He's ordering it from India, okay? Because Bishop said that he discovered that a lot of people who are disabled are also poor because they cannot work. Amen. And so he's ordering all this from India, and it's going to all going to be given to them for free. They're blind. The blind school in Ghana, we, we are not boasting. I mean, I'm talking to church members. But you need to know some of these things because you, you may not know that the braille, the books that they use, the church has taken up for itself to print it for free for them in all of Ghana. Yes. All these are works that are important. We need to preach the gospel. But Jesus also said, he said that I was naked. But you didn't clothe me. I was in prison. You didn't visit me. Do you get it? You, they will say, we didn't see you anywhere. How is it that we were naked? He said, what you did for others, you did unto me. And so, if you are in this church and you are paying tithe, these are some of the projects. And you are going to get blessed. Let's add this point. Number two, tithing fulfills God's instruction to support the poor. And therefore, tithers can expect to, be, to never be in need. Proverbs 28 and verse 27. Proverbs 28 and verse 27. He who gives to the poor will never want. Hallelujah. He who gives to the poor will never want. But he who shuts his eyes will have many curses. Ouch. He who gives to the poor will never want. Every time you are paying your tithe, just believe that I'm giving to the poor. Hallelujah. I'm contributing. And look, let me take a step back. Sometimes even the need the need is not always tangible like clothing, okay? Sometimes, just that somebody has cared about them. Have you seen some of the Healing Jesus Crusade videos? Look, 
They, we may go to Luansha, Indola, Kitwe, Chambishi, Chingola, Chilelabumbwe, over in that copper uh, belt in, uh, what do you call it, Zambia. That, that copper belt. We may go there. But at the end of the day, Brother Francis, we couldn't go to the whole Zambia. Okay? And even the region where we went, not everybody was able. We had bus carrying people. In the end, we won't be able to do everything. But at least we did something. And then some of the people... Some come for healing, some come for, uh, and then in the end, there is uh, what you call donations of clothing and things. But in the end, you may give somebody up and down to wear, okay? Is, are they going to wear for the rest of their lives? It's going to wear out. But sometimes, the biggest impact you make is that God cares. Like, what you have given is not going to solve their problem for the rest of their life. But then, nobody has visited them ever before. Many of them say that nobody has been here since the nation was founded. But the father, somebody has traveled far and to come. Do you get it? And to show interest in them. When you watch it, some of them, it is so sad. The conditions people are living in. And we live on hope. We thrive on hope. Just the thought that there is a God who loves me and has sent somebody here. That alone may be the lasting impact that we are making. Hallelujah. Because the food, they will finish eating. Everything they will finish. But the glimpse, and people will grow. Some of them will grow. 20 years later, they will look back that on this day, there was a, somebody here who came and spoke about God's love and we got something. That alone may be something. In the end, in the end, your money is giving people hope. The hope to continue living. And sometimes, that is more important than even food. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Wow. Let's rise up and thank God. We give you time, sovereign Lord. We bless you, Lord Jesus. You are good and all your ways are perfect. Blessed be your name, most glorious one. Let's take out our offering. If you need an envelope, lift up your hand. If you are doing test to give, remember, the number is 45777. That is the number you test to. And you say LCI 20, if you are giving an offering of $20. LCI and then the amount. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for what you've done for us and for opening our eyes to see. We pray over our offerings and all our giving. Let it be hallowed. Let it be holy, set apart for you. Let the rest of our money be holy because we have added our resources to yours. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together one more time for what our Father has shared with us. It's important. Our, 
our little is doing much, building up hope in Jesus' name. Awesome God, how great thou art, oh, and you are God, mighty are your miracles, we stand in awe of your holiness, oh, Lord, we bow and worship you. You are the awesome God, an awesome God, yes, how great thou art. Oh, you are God, mighty are your miracles. We stand in awe of your holiness, yes, Lord, we and well, one more time, he is our awesome God. Oh, how great! Oh, you are God, and you are God, mighty are your miracles. We stand in awe of your holiness. Yes, Lord, we bow and worship. What for the last time? Awesome God. Oh, how great thou art. You are God. You are God. Yes, mighty. So mighty are your miracles. We stand in awe. Holy, you are holy, God. Oh, we bow. Oh, we lift your name on high. You can sing it one more time. You are the awesome God. You are the awesome Jehovah. Oh, you are God. So mighty, mighty are your feet. Because we stand in awe of your holiness, Lord, we bow and worship. We stand, we stand, we stand in awe. We stand in awe of your holiness, yes, Lord, we bow. And worship you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So Bishop Oko is coming to Louisville, Kentucky tomorrow evening and Thursday evening. Hallelujah. So two-day meetings in Kentucky tomorrow evening and Thursday evening. So we are announcing it, you know, as many as can go to be blessed as well. Powerful. All right, let's rise up and share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion, the fellowship, the contribution, and the participation of the Holy Spirit 
and the grace to have 200 members now be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Powerful. You are blessed.